Be as careful of the books you read as of the company you keep, for your habits and character will be as much influenced by the former as the latter. Paxton Hood Hello, friends. It's my pleasure to welcome you to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show features not only the hottest authors, but also introduces you, our listeners, to exciting new authors who talk about themselves as well as about their latest work. William Shakespeare once said in his play, The Tempest, We are such stuff as dreams are made of. What do an emigrant from Columbia who became a Marine and a police officer and a woman who wrote a wonderful fantasy world experienced by a five-year-old girl have in common? The answer is dreams. To learn more, stay tuned. Mary Pat Mueller characterizes herself as an artist, a writer, and a poet. She began writing seriously in 1985, and she's joining me today to talk about her first novel, The Secret of Barry House. Welcome, Mary Pat. Thank you. Why did you decide back in 1985 that you wanted to write? Well, I basically have always loved um, being creative in that direction, and uh, I just uh, finally decided that um, I was going to do it. I also uh, wrote some poems and some different things that were uh, published uh, by uh, a friend that um, owned a card company there, and uh, she would pay me once in a while. With you know, not every time, uh, because you can't have you don't hit the mark every time uh, for the for the lines. And uh, so it just basically that's what got me rolling a little bit out of necessity and a little bit out of love. That sounds like a good reason to start writing. Uh huh. Where did you get the idea for the secret of Barry House? I find it very intriguing. Well, basically, I really um, the characters from the secret of Barry House. A lot of them are people that I knew and uh, have met throughout my life. And so I just took those characters and put them together um, as far as what I considered their personalities. And uh, some, it all just started to fall together. It actually took 10 years to write this. Really? Yes. Wow. You know, people say all the time, oh, I'm, I should write a book. Oh, I'm going to write a book. And then if they sit down and really start it, this is not a task to be taken lightly, is it? No, it's not. It's if you really, if you really care, it's a lot of hard work. And um, I envy those people that can say, you know, that they did it overnight, like the fellow that wrote the Bridges of Madison County. I envy people like that, but um, I can't. I mean, it just wasn't me. And perhaps because I had so many, di- because perhaps it means because it was my first novel. But still, I. Uh, yeah, it took a lot of time. It it really, really did. And maybe it's because I'm a Virgo. I'm pretty much of a perfectionist. So I just kept doing things over and over till I liked it. You wanted it to be the very best it could be. Right. Well, I think you've done an excellent job. Let's tell our listeners a little bit about the novel. Now, your narrator is a young girl, Mary Ann Sullivan. Tell mm-hmm. me... Just give me an overview of what happens to Marianne. 
Well, Marianne is born into a very nice family. She has a loving mother and a loving father. Um, he's a veterinarian and practices out of his home. It takes place back in the 30s. They live in one of those old, nice brick mansions back in the day because they can afford it. And um, her mother, one night, there's a terrible loud noise in the house. And they were just getting, they were just sitting down having their snack after, you know, before bedtime snack. So the mother goes upstairs and tells the daughter just to stay in her place, which the child does, but the mother never returns. So in the morning, um, this housekeeper that is very, very nasty. Mrs. Boyle, uh, I love that name. Yeah, yeah, Mrs. Boyle, she's nasty, nasty. Uh, she shows up and, um, you know, intimidates her, where's your mother, blah, 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 and then searches the house. She can't find her. The father, meantime, is away at a, a convention in Chicago. But anyway, that's how the story starts. Then the father uh, takes the uh, housekeeper in to take care of the daughter, you know, take care of her. The housekeeper brings her nasty cat called Adolf, and he spies and makes life miserable for her. She's actually, and she tries to tell her dad, you know, what's going on. Um, He won't listen. He gets more depressed and more depressed. He moves into his office above the above the carriage house and um, from that point on she feels trapped but then one day there is a and she has a lot of things that happen you know sad things she's unhappy and then uh, one day there's a loud noise in the house and everything starts shaking and she actually gets thrown out of her bed she uh, cracks her head open staggers out to the landing sees a flashing light and reaches out towards it while Mrs. Boyle is downstairs screaming at her. Um, and um, she ends up going through a, a crack in the wall there and ends up on the other side in a home called Safe Haven House. Wow, this is a little bit like Alice in Wonderland falling through the rabbit hole. Well, they all are kind of like, they got to go someplace. Dorothy goes up in a tornado <laughs> exactly. or whatever. <laughs> I love it. So... Marianne goes to Safe Haven, and that's a, a that's a fictional fantasy world that you've created. Right. Well, the the, the worlds it, there's so many there's so many worlds there, and um, but Safe Haven is one specific world. And um, anyway, there there's a when she first gets through the landing, there's a big and I call it attack. It's a cat spelled backwards, but the thing is huge. And she's about the size of a mouse. Scares her to death, so she runs through the first entry door she can find. And then she passes out there. But that happens to be a home of the family that, you know, maintains this huge home called Safe Haven House. And uh, they actually are fairies. And there's the mother, the father, the son, and then the baby. And how long does she stay there? She's actually there, I would say, I would say she's probably there for maybe six months. Maybe, you know, it doesn't actually say in the book how long. Does she have she's adventures? There. Well, what happened there at the house, it, 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 she, the house, that part of the story describes how her and Kant end up, be, that's the boy, end up becoming best friends. Uh, the mother, Ivanel. The little baby, um, Marginal, the father, Gropus, and uh, she 
ends up getting buried, but you know, the different rooms in the house, all the things that are there, uh, like the room of remembrance is basically books. There's a room of armor, room of, it's just, it's sort of like a big, big uh, museum like you would go if you went to the Smithsonian. Each room has all these things in it. So they end up, uh, she ends up going into depression herself because nobody seems to listen to her about wanting to find her mother. Well, she finds out that her mother had been there from the tack. Uh, the cat, you know, sniffs at her and goes, your, your smell is so familiar, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, and one of the, one day he, he ends up saying, oh, I remember. And he tells the story about, um, another creature that looked like her that, uh, he found on the landing, but she was so terrified that she, you know, she got down the stairs and the cat couldn't stop her. And she ended up going underneath the door to the outside worlds and just disappeared out there. So Marion knows that her mother's alive and she wants to find her. So that's what starts out the adventure. Mary Pat, you're so creative. Oh, thank you. That sounds, did you have fun writing this novel? Yes, I did. I did. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. My favorite character in the whole book is uh, a character called Caspius. That's a uh, who's a, a little who lives under who lives under a, a, a huge tree that would be probably even bigger than a sequoia, big fir. And the name of the tree was Firstborn, and um, he was left uh, next to this tree when it was just a sapling. And uh, his character is, he's grumpy and he's mean and he's cantankerous and he's <laughs> got signs everywhere telling people to go away. He won't help anybody. But they managed to work their way in and at the end, they become very, they become good friends. I love it. Well, we won't tell our listeners if Marianne and her mom get back together and if they wind up getting back home, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger for people. Yes, yes. Now, if they want to find the book, I found it on Amazon. And all I did, very simply, I just went to Amazon.com and pulled down the book search feature. And I put the Uh name of the book, which is The Secret of Barry House. And then I put and your name. B E R R Y. B E R R Y. Exactly. Yeah. And then I put by your name, and it's Mary, M A R Y, Pat, P A T, Mueller, M U E L L E R. And if they uh-huh. click on that, there will be a representation of the book that comes up. And I love these. They, they wiggle and they say, look inside. So if you click on look inside, there's really a terrific. Just summary from the book. There's a there's a sample of all the chapters. There's a nice excerpt. They really did a nice job with what they I put out so there. I think so too. Yes. Where else could they find the book if they don't go to Amazon? Is it available on Author House website? It's on Author House. It's also at Barnes and Noble. Good. And so they could just put the name of the book and put your name in, and it'll come right up. Correct. Now, are you doing anything with a website or on your? Are you on social media for the book? I I was planning on 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 going and having a website brought up, but um, right now I just have been a little bit too ill. So that's so, a li- that's under construction. That's under construction. Good. What and about? Meanwhile, I'm work. I just I, I just started working on a sequel to the book. 
Oh, excellent. So we can look forward to more adventures with Marianne. Uh, nope. I'm not going to tell you. It's not going to be Marianne. Oh, good. I love it. Tease me a little bit. I love that. Great. Thank you. <coughs> One last question. If when our, read, when our listeners buy the book, now they can get it as Kindle, they can get it in hardback, they can get it in softcover, right? That's correct. When they buy the book, however they buy it, they read it, and the very last time they finish that very last page and they close the cover, whether it's electronically or physically, what do you want them to take away? Did you just want to entertain them or... Is there a deeper message in The Secret of Barry House? I, I just think, no, the message is always universal. You know, a, a mother and a child, a, a child's love for the mother, you know, and the mother's love for a child, the family unit. But basically, I just wanted them to feel good when they ended the book. I didn't want to leave anybody hanging. I wanted, uh, I wanted to end it so that... Uh, everybody knows where where everybody's at, you know, type of situation. I really like that. I probably could have ended it differently, and then people would have thought that I was going to write another trilogy with those characters. But that's not what it it is. It just it's it's not going to be that way. You wanted to just tie all of those loose ends up at the end in a little bitty bow so that at the very end of the book we feel like we know what's happened to those characters and we feel closure with those characters. Is that right? Right, because I think, I think people come to really care about them. Oh, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. It's been an absolute delight and a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for taking time to be our guest on Inside the Writer's Cafe. Well, thank you so much for taking time for me, too. I really, it's been a very nice interview. Thank you. You're listening to Inside the Writer's Cafe on webtalkradio.net. Mateo Lobos immigrated to the United States from Colombia when he was only four years old. He became a United States citizen, and he served five years in the Marine Corps. After earning an honorable discharge, he became a law enforcement officer. He also served three years in the Army Reserves. Mateo joins me today to talk about his book, American Dreams. Welcome, Mateo. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. How about yourself? Great, great, great. Just uh, eager to talk about my book. I certainly am. When did you decide to start writing in general, Mateo? Uh, I remember that it um, well, actually it happened when my father was uh, in prison, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of his uh, had heard the story, you know, what he had gone through, and told him, "Hey, you know, you should write a book about it." But then my father had no idea how to write a book, and um, he had mentioned it to me that what his friend told him. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. And uh, so that was an idea that I, I kept on. Just, you know, that seed was planted in my head. And uh, I would think about it once in a while. I'm like, you know what? That, that's, 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 that's a phenomenal idea. You know, somebody should write the book. So then for many years, I thought, okay, let's say, let's, let's see who can, who I can tell a story to, see maybe, somebody can write the book. So 
at that time, I didn't think I could write it either. So it went many years without putting, uh, you know, words to paper. And uh, eventually, uh, when I was a law enforcement officer, many years after my dad, you know, was uh, deported and everything, uh, I had, it was funny, uh, in the sheriff's office at that time, there was a, a local newspaper wanted to do interviews on people and follow people around for a whole year and basically the life of a rookie cop and they were going to do a paper on it and uh, out of like 31 people that they interviewed uh, all my classmates in the academy uh, they it was funny they actually chose me and uh, so then the newspaper reporter followed me around for uh, several several days and then he started asking me questions you know about this and that, and then like, uh, uh, so then from there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could tell him the story, but then uh, after, you know, trying to hint or trying to tell him, because I was still very nervous about telling somebody the story, especially being a law enforcement officer, I didn't want to say, oh, hey, by the way, you know, my father, um, you know, we, we were brought here um, basically illegally, and then we eventually became residents and citizens, but then you know, it's just something uh, like a dark past you don't like to share with everybody. Right. So I was still very, I was still very hesitant. Then the following, uh, the the thing with the reporter didn't pan out. So I said, you know what? I need to do this. I need to get off, get off my uh, lazy butt and <laughs> write write it myself. You know. So I just did that. I'm like, you know what? I I I I'm a pretty organized person and I could probably do it. So that's when I started working on the first book, Columbia Memoirs. And uh, I started, oh, it's Columbia Memoirs Coming to America. I started uh, just putting everything on, you know, I, the stories that I had remembered and the stories that I heard about talking to my dad. And I interviewed not only my dad, but I interviewed my mom, a couple of uncles and aunts, and then they told me several things. And, I mean, it was just, some of the stories they told me was just jaw-dropping. So, I'm like, yeah, this this has to go on, on, on paper and this has to be a book. So... I published the first one, Columbia Memoirs, in 2012, and that was all my dad's story, like uh, me interviewing him when he was in prison, and me interviewing him when he was after when he was um, oh, after he was deported. So when I'd visit him in Colombia, so I'd interview him back, uh, you know, when we'd go visit him. And uh, I it took several years because you know there's so much information, and uh, it was just hard to talk to him sometimes because. For the most part, he was behind bars, and then after that, he was in Columbia. So he's always long distance. So I uh, got all the information, and I started writing the first book. And then, like I said, the first book is based on what his experiences were on how he was raised and uh, how he came to this country, searching for the American dream, and uh, how he brought us here. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's you know, it's and, and it's a little controversial too because uh, America right now is going through a whole you know, the, the uh, illegal uh, or the, what is it, the immigration reform things. And, and uh, it's, it's a touchy subject sometimes. But then, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I want to just, how would I say, I want to be brave. I want to just tell a story because I know that there's a lot of uh, American citizens or, let's say, American, uh, Latin American people or people from other countries, too, that have had the same experience, that they have come here and wanted to stay and stayed and then, you know, have been deported or, or, or things of that nature. So I wanted to share the story. But uh, so then uh, I was talking about book two, um, American Dreams. I um, 
I said, okay, now I got to tell my side of the story. And I went ahead and uh, uh, got, again, got busy and started writing. And I wrote book two. And that's all my experiences, my memories on what I remember. And I remember as far back as when I was three years old. When I was three years old, I remember how we came here. And when I was a kid, I was always wondering, hey, you know, what is that? I guess that's a memory or a dream. And then I started asking my mom, and they're like, my mom was like, well, actually, you know, that's the way we got here. And at first, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, I, I, from the very beginning, I, I knew that our life was not ordinary. You know, it was, it was extraordinary. And uh, the situations we had gone through, and uh, it was very hard being undocumented for a while. And then, um, you know, thank God that uh, Ronald Reagan, the president at that time in the 80s, uh, did the, uh, he signed the um, Reform Act of 1986. So then that was uh, basically the, the, the foot in, and we were able to become legal residences, uh, legal residents, and then um, eventually U.S. citizens. Now, um, So both of your books really are based on true life. The first one is really based on your father's story, and then your latest book, American Dreams, is based on your story. Is that right? Yes, yes. They're both based on a true family story, the way how my father uh, remembers how he got here and uh, the way I remember how we got here. And then the amazing journey, because it was not easy. Uh, and then, of course, my father, from all the pressures of, of um, just, I guess, being an immigrant here in the United States, there was a lot of dis- discrimination. Uh, and he, you know, him and um, my uncle, uh, I guess they, they, they became bitter and they were trying to make money. They always thought, oh, yeah, the American dream, you come here and then you could uh, reach, you know, your, your full potential and, and, and um, create, you know, create a, a something great for your family, a legacy. But uh, they, they realized that that was not an easy thing. So, unfortunately, back in the 80s, there was uh, that whole, um, you know, it was the... Um, the whole thing with the drugs, the drugs uh, coming back and forth. I mean, sorry, coming into the country, and uh, they fell into that, you know, just seeing the money that could make. And uh, so they went ahead and got into that. And uh, that's basically the dark side of the story, that they started uh, selling drugs to make money, and then they saved money. And uh, many things uh, happened, you know, bad things. And I remember all that stuff. So, you know, I, I like to share that, too, on the books as Going, you know, trying to tell people, you know, money is not everything, you know. You don't try to uh, uh, reach those things by, uh, you know, I guess a negative, negative uh, outlet. You know, you, you need to work hard. And, and there was many other ways that uh, my, my dad and, and um, my uncle could have uh, built something here. I and mean, just working hard, maybe getting an education because it was still possible. And they're going from there. But then, you know, they just got caught up in a moment with friends that were, you know, bad influence with certain friends, and then they got into that lifestyle. And unfortunately, from that, they both served uh, jail time, and they both eventually were deported. And uh, they, they were deported, like, way afterwards, like, because they, they were, uh, and they got out of prison, and then they, they were thinking everything was normal, but then eventually immigration came and scooped them up and uh, so deported them back to Colombia. So that destroyed both of uh, our families, you know, his family and and our family because, uh, you know, they had wives and children here being raised here in the United States. And then, so it shows the, the, uh, uh, 
the consequences of bad ambition, you know, and there's, there's, I know that there's many people in the States that come here and, and get in some type of, like when they see that, uh, the, the, their, uh, you know, the progress is, is hard that they want to go ahead and, and make, uh, like make shortcuts and, and cheat. And then sometimes, uh, that, that cheating is going to bring you to, to some harsh consequences. That's the other thing that I wanted to share in the book. And did that have anything to do with you making the choice to go into law enforcement? You know, yeah, that's that's funny. I, I always like when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a cop, wanted to be a police officer, and and um, I have actually I wrote about them in in, my, uh, in the uh, uh, American Dreams where I would uh, dress as uh, a Lone Ranger uh, for Halloween, <laughs> and then I I used to love the costume. I used to wear like almost every day. You know, I had the, the the little silver stick shooters and you know the mask and the hat, the boots, and uh, I I wanted to be you know. Um, uh, you know, the Lone Ranger or, or, you know, law enforcement. And my mom would told me, and, and I mentioned in a book, my mom told me, baby, you know, you know, that's not good to be a gunman. And I just <laughs> looked at her and I think I was like, I was probably like six or seven years old. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, mom, but I want to be a good gunman. <laughs> I and, love it. Yeah. You know, so now I was like, from there I had that, 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 that thought. I'm like, I want to be something with, uh, with police or with, you know, FBI or something like that. And then uh, being raised here and watching the great movies, uh, you know, great American movies here, uh, I also saw, you know, uh, oh, and being raised with G.I. Joe, you know, the cartoons in the 80s, I, I wanted it, something to do with the military. And then, you know, so I wanted to go that route, and uh, it, it fascinated me. And um, finally, after high school, uh, a friend of mine was a, um, he became a corrections officer, and I tried to go that route, but then uh, they wanted several years of, of uh, you know, experience. And so it was hard for, for him to get in the door. And I'm like, you know what? Well, I know that if I go to the military, uh, that uh, it, it could uh, uh, facilitate that route. So, um, and, and then the other the other side of that is that when I, uh, when I was getting uh, through high school, I, you know, and that's the other thing, and, and American Dreams, mm-hmm. uh, I, I speak about that. I actually got my high school uh, girlfriend, my high school sweetheart. I got her pregnant, and, and then it turned to, a, a, you know, a very <laughs> a very bad uh, relationship, and uh, it was very sad, and, and uh, we, we actually got married, and we had to get divorced, and, um, and uh, from that, I'm like, you know what? I, I, after the divorce, I was distraught. I was a mess. I did. It. I had. I went and I moved in back with my parents, and I said, "No, I, I can't do this. You know, I have to do something." And I said, uh, "If I stay here, I'm just going to be stuck here." So then, um, because I think you know the job I had, you know, it was just after high school it was so hard to get a um, to go to college. You know, I, my parents at the time were going through the through the court stuff. You know, where my dad had got arrested, so there was no more money. You see, so there we you know, we were practically broke and then I ended up going back to live with my parents so I said I gotta get out of here and I went to, into the uh, Marine recruiter's office and uh, <laughs> I saw uniforms I saw the Marine Corps uh, emblem the Eagle Golden Anchor and I was hooked I said oh my gosh you know I want to earn that, that that Marine Corps emblem I want to earn that uniform and, and then I uh, I joined and I remember the recruiters saw me walk in the door and, and he said you know, are, are you sure you got the right door, son? And then, you know, that, that just challenged me. You know, that, that, wow. <laughs> I said, oh, 
I'm going to show you that I am, <laughs> that I'm serious. And so that was probably his hook, you know what I mean? Right. He, he, you know, that's what he probably told everybody that, but uh, it, it really got me. I wanted to join. I joined in like, uh, I think like four or five months after that. Uh, and I uh, went to the Marine Corps, had amazing experience, but also extremely difficult, very stressful uh, situation because I had just gotten a divorce. Uh, I, you know, I have, uh, I had a son with my, my, uh, ex-girlfriend. And then, so there was a lot of drama, a lot of drama there, but, uh, um, eventually I, I, uh, got through it. Thank God. I, you know, I also, uh, um, relied a lot on my faith. I, I reached out to God and then that's where I, I started seeing my life change. And that's also things that I put in the book where my dad was in prison and he reached out. He relied on his faith and we reached out to God and, you know, accepted Jesus Christ and also me. Also, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was going through some such, you know, so much stress. So I, I you know, I saw many things, uh, many good things were happening with my dad, despite what we had gone through. So I said, oh, my gosh, you know, I need that rescue. I need to um, follow you know, my father's footsteps. So I started, I decided to do the same thing and decided to look for that and try to be a better person. And, um, yep. So then from there, I just started seeing my life change. And then after the Marine Corps, I, uh, I came back to Tampa with my, uh, oh, <laughs> I was remarried. I remarried to my wife, uh, which are still married today. We're almost, uh, we're, it's almost 15 years of marriage. And congratulations. Thank, thank you, thank you very much. And our baby actually was finally. Where after 15 years, we're finally gonna. Uh, 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 our baby is on the way. So oh, double uh, congratulations! <laughs> thank you, thank you. She's eight months pregnant, so we're very happy about that. And it's just like it's like icing on on the uh, icing on the cake. It's just and the cherry on top. You know, the the it's like the the the, the happy ending after all this stuff. Uh, after all the, the, the hard uh, hardships uh, that the family went through. And um, uh, so... <clears throat> now, our listeners are probably interested in where they can get a copy of the book. And I went right to Amazon, just Amazon.com, and there's a little drop-down feature that's a book search feature. And all they have to do is put in the name of your book, and it's American Dreams by Mateo, M-A-T-E-O, Lobos, L-O-B-O-S. And then if they click on that, it'll take them right to a copy of the book, and there's a really nice excerpt of the book. So they can see, it starts out with a very exciting police chase moment. I thought that was a great way to start this out. Sounds, it's very exciting at the very beginning. So that will probably hook our listeners into wanting to know more. Is the book also available on the Author House website as well? Yes, it is. Uh, where else? Is there anywhere else that you can pick it up? Yes, it's uh, on authorhouse.com, and it's also on Barnes & Noble online, and Amazon is the other place. Uh, I've seen it on e- e-books, on, on Google Books. Uh, I've seen it uh, on many, on all the, uh, the book-selling uh, websites. Excellent. Uh, for, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also doing some social media, I understand. Yes. Um, right now, I have... Uh, my, uh, I have a web page under WordPress, so it's uh, 
Mateo Lobos 80 at WordPress.com. Uh, and also I have it, uh, I have a Facebook account for it. It's Mateo Lobos 80 at Facebook. And, uh, I have also a Google plus, a Google plus account for it. And, uh, uh, I, and, uh, the Instagram and Twitter accounts are under construction at this time. Excellent. Mateo, thank you so much for being our guest today and for sharing not only your story, but your father's story with us. It's very powerful. Well, thank you very much, Cheryl, and thank you for having me. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read. Read. 